Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Romans 6. So we left off yesterday with an interesting question. If salvation is really through God's grace and we obtain it uh, on our end through faith and not works, and if that salvation, as we saw in chapter 5, is perfectly secure in Christ, well then, you may be tempted to think, why not go sin for more grace, right? I'm safe. I'm secure. It's not through my works. So what's to keep me from sinning so that uh, there might be more grace from God and, and grace reigns, right? So why not sin? Well, that is where we're going to start in chapter six. And I, I think it's worth noting that unless we ask that question at some point, maybe we're not proclaiming the gospel well enough. Uh, it should be a natural question. Wait a minute. If it's by grace, through faith, not by works, well, then why not sin? I mean, that that is a fair human question, and that's where there is a great biblical answer for that question. Let's see it right here in the beginning of Romans 6. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. That's a very strong Uh, phrase there, by no means. And then we get to the reason, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. So why should you not sin anymore? Because you have died to sin and you have been raised with Christ to live a new life. A couple decades ago now, the phrase, there was a book and the phrase uh, cross-centered kind of became more of a common phrase in uh, American Christianity, living the cross-centered life. And we started to talk more about being gospel-centered and often gospel-centered and cross-centered were synonymous. I never heard anybody use the phrase empty tomb-centered. And really, if we want to truly be people about the gospel, we need the cross and the empty tomb. And that's where if we understand the cross, we're going to understand it is not by my works. It is by grace. It is through the propitiation, the atoning sacrifice that Jesus made. Where did he make that? On the cross. So yes, the cross should be central in the Christian life. But so too must the empty tomb, because just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too are to walk in newness of life. And it even uses the word baptism in here. And we think of what we see at church, somebody getting baptized in water, and we think of what that represents, being buried with Christ and raised with him. And obviously there's no magic in the physical act of baptism. It is an outward symbol of an inward reality. And that inward reality is you have been buried with Christ. You have died 
to sin and you have been raised with Christ to live a new life. So we need to be people who are centered on the cross and centered on the empty tomb. And when we understand the gospel, that Christ has died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and he rose again, then we'll understand the answer to this question. And it's a good reminder to us that the gospel is not only about forgiveness. Certainly, that is a big part of the gospel, forgiveness. But but the gospel is also about transformation. And that's what we see here at the beginning of this chapter. The work of Christ, the good news of what Jesus did by dying on the cross for our sins and rising again, it not only brings justification, it brings transformation. It brings transformation. And we keep on seeing that because we are, this is another key concept we need to understand, we are united with Christ. Verse 5, for if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. So we have died and been raised with Christ, and certainly there are future implications of that resurrection. We will rise again someday in a physical sense with Christ. But for now, that there is a very real spiritual component. We have been raised to live a new life. And so the next part of that, really, that chapter 6 gets to is we need to think differently now about sin. Verse 11 uh, shows this very clearly. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. We, we, we think through that. And unfortunately, that's not how many people think about sin today. Too many Christians still talk about sin like they're enslaved to sin. They, they still uh, talk about their flesh even, which there is a struggle, and we'll see that other places in the scripture, but we are no longer slaves to sin. And the Bible right here is telling you, think differently. Consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Is that how you think about sin? Or do you kind of walk through life, even as a Christian, woe is me, I'm still a slave to sin. Well, then what did Jesus do? He died so that we might die to sin, and he rose again so that we might live a new life. And clearly, this is not teaching perfection. We will not experience perfection in this life, but we should see a change of direction, and we should consider ourselves no longer a slave to sin. And then that leads, that thinking of verse 11 leads right into verse 12. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body to make you obey its passions. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. So now, instead of offering up your body to sin, you should offer up your body to God into righteousness. And that starts with thinking the right way about sin, not thinking like you are still a slave to sin, but thinking that you have 
died to sin with Christ through his crucifixion and been raised with Christ, that you are now experiencing this union with Christ in your life as you live for him. And then that practically affects your actions. I'm not just going to give in to temptation and offer up my body to temptation. No, I'm going to offer up my body as a slave to righteousness. That is how we should now think. And all this talk of slavery, Paul explains, is really uh, an illustration, right? If you were a slave to a harsh master and you are set free and given a new good master, um, why are you going to go back into slavery? Why are you going to go back to the old, harsh, abusive master? It's an illustration. It, It doesn't make any sense. Well, that's what Paul is saying is what it's like when you go back to sin as a believer. It's like you're going back to this old master offering yourself up to him when there's nothing good that will come from that. And that's really what it gets to at the end of the chapter. And kind of the last paragraph there, verse 20, for when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now you've been set free from sin and have become slaves to God. And the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And obviously that's true in the ultimate sense as we think about salvation, but he's making the point, why offer yourself to sin? Because that just leads to death and bad things. Offer yourself to righteousness because that leads to sanctification and ultimately eternal life. So you're going to reap what you sow here. So sow to righteousness. Offer yourself as a slave to righteousness because the the rewards you experience in that, which is really a free gift, is good. Take advantage more and more of that free gift you've been given instead of going back into slavery and into sin and all of the, the dead fruit that that brings with it. So Romans 6 should have a very practical effect on your life today. Let's just start with your thoughts. Do you still think like a slave to sin? I mean, consider again verse 11. So you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Is that how you are going to think today? You need to think, I have been set free from sin. I have died to sin. I've been raised with Christ. So it starts in our thinking, but then it leads to our actions. Okay, I'm not going to give myself into temptation today. And I don't want to eat the bitter fruit that comes from that. I'm going to offer myself as a slave to righteousness and enjoy the good fruit and and the continual receiving of this free gift that comes along with that. So no, by no means should we think today, I'm just going to continue in sin that grace may abound. We need to think differently. No, I've died to sin and I'm alive to God in righteousness because of my union with Christ. And as I think differently, that will lead me to act differently and to live and to offer myself up as a slave of righteousness instead of a slave of sin. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. 
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.